0: Genesis chapter number one, sure have enjoyed having the Norwoods with us today. Thank you so much for being with us, making the drive. It's not a short drive from Alabama, uh, but we sure do appreciate it, appreciate the fellowship the singing, uh, whole nine yards. Genesis chapter number one, uh, tonight is one of those things that I am just absolutely burdened about. Um, I don't have a three-point outline, so I'm not sure if God's in it, but you know, That's on me, not you. Somebody say amen. (laughs) Genesis chapter number one, all joking aside, let's get into the Bible. The Bible says, verse number one, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. I started this text, and it seems so familiar. We've heard it so many times. One of the first verses uh, I memorized, I know it was the first verse that Will memorized, was in the beginning God created. He used to say the heaven and the earth. He was so young when he first learned that. Um, But it's it's a mute question to say where did God come from because that would mean that God's constrained by time space and matter and he made all that in verse number one. He has no beginning. He has no ending. But I want to look at some truths in this text. And then maybe work through the Bible and see it consistently. I think to take something in the Bible and believe it to be true or maybe hold it as a standard that God makes or or a principle, I should say, a principle in the text, you're going to find that principle to be true from cover to cover in your Bible. But in the beginning, on the first day, God made a pretty big move. In verse number 2, we see, And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. There was no outside appearance. There was no determinate shape. It was empty. It was vacant. It was absent of light. There was nothing there. Yet God was still able to move. Never feel like God can't move in your life. Never feel like you're in a place that God can't do something. Right here, I see God step on the scene and there's absolutely nothing. And he speaks everything into existence the next time the devil wants to discourage you and tell you there's no hope for someone to get saved you just remember here in Genesis chapter number one God stepped out in the darkest most empty time ever and made everything that there is and that we know of when you feel like you're in a dark spot and you're going through a hard time and you don't know how God can get you through the same God that stepped out and there was nothing emptiness darkness void absolutely nothing, and said, let there be, and it was, he's the same God we're serving today, amen, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now notice, and this is important for this evening, that darkness is the absent of light. Light is not the absent of darkness. Light always overcomes darkness wherever it may be. And we'll see that all throughout the Bible. But not only did God make the light, verse 4, and God saw the light that it was good. You know, it's interesting that God didn't step out and see the earth without form and void and darkness and say, you know what, this is good. No, he created something new. and Then he said, that's good. Verse 5 is the truth, I want, or uh, excuse me, the end of verse 4 is the truth I want to dig into tonight in our Bible, look at it in several places, and I think it'll be a help to us. And God said, let there be light, and there was light, verse 3, verse 4, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. We're in a place, in a world where there's a whole lot of darkness. Confusion seems to be the new fad. It's popular to be mentally ill. Like it's a, supposed to be a cool thing. And we can joke about it right now, but let me just go ahead and step out here and say this. We're about to go through an election process in our country, and the way it looks out, the two candidates we're going to have to choose from, we need God. Amen. It is a dark time i don't want to dive off in the hole of all the things that we see in our society but the rates of maybe suicide and drug use and and all these things that are absolutely wicked and vile seem to continue to be on a rise. It's almost like we're like the church of uh, Sardis where we, see, we have a name like we're somebody over here in America, but the reality of it is there's very few among us who actually have a relationship with God. Or maybe like the church of Laodicea where we're increased with goods and have need of nothing. But the reality is there was, there was a time at the very beginning when God said, here's darkness, here's light, I'm going to separate the two. And in your Bible, you'll see many times that God refers to those that are in the world as those that are in darkness. Without Jesus Christ, you are walking through life and there are dangerous things around every corner and you can't see them coming. There's nothing to shine the glorious light of the gospel out there to let you know, don't make that decision. But I'm glad when Jesus moves in, Jesus is the light. Revelation chapter number, I think it's 21, verse 23, talks about in heaven where there will be there's no need for the sun, because the sun, S-O-N, is the light. Amen. And that same light in heaven is the same light that can brighten up your life. But Jesus has obviously made a divide between the darkness and the light. Go to Acts chapter number 26, I believe it is with me. Acts 26, we find Paul here, he's being questioned by Agrippa, and he's getting to speak, and I believe this is a text where he says, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian, there in verse number 28, but verse number 12 is where Paul gets an opportunity to stand up and speak. And he begins to tell a little bit about his testimony, and maybe where he came from, and just by knowing what's going on in the scriptures before that, if you remember, Paul was a man who was once named Saul of Tarsus. He was a wicked man. He was a man that was educated very highly. He had a lot of religion going on in his life. He was increased with goods and maybe had need of nothing. And while they were stoning Stephen, they laid the coats at his feet and he was there. He was 100% behind. it. He was so hard against God that when they stopped persecuting the church because they had scattered so much, he started begging people saying, would you give me order? Would you give me right that I may go into other cities and find men and women and children and anybody who mentions?" in the name of Jesus, and I want to bind them and bring them to prison, and I want to shut that down. I'm talking about a man, someone that would look at Fellowship Baptist Church and say, I want to do everything in my power to shut that down. We're living in a society today where you can mention God, but you start talking about Jesus Christ, and people want to shut that down. Men and women can dress in the ways they should not and start acting like they're each other and get all kinds of confused and entertainment wants to brag on them, but somebody starts talking about Jesus Christ and they want to shut that down. They don't want it to get out. It is a dark world today, but Paul was a dark person back then. Verse 12, he begins his testimony, whereupon as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest but rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith, that is in me. I see right here in this same text that there was absolute nothing. It was void. It was dark. There was no shape. There was no purpose to Paul's life or Saul's life at the time. All he did was hated God. He kicked against God. He wanted to abuse everybody around him who had anything to do with God. It was just complete and total darkness. Then the light showed up. I'm glad that he doesn't spend a whole lot of time. Listen to this. This will help us. He doesn't spend a whole lot of time in this text talking about all the wrong that he had done. He just keeps talking about the great things that God has done. He's no longer in that darkness. He's been separated from it. He's now in the light. I'm glad that when God found Paul on the road to Damascus, he didn't have to work out a few things. Listen to me. He didn't have to work out a few things in his life. He didn't have to get some things in order and then get to Jesus. No, the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ appeared to him, and he was changed. Amen. Amen. His life was changed, and then he was sent with a commission. He said, listen, the people that you've been abusing, the people you've been against, I want you to stop abusing them, and I want you to go reach somebody else, somebody else who is in utter darkness. In Ephesians chapter number 5, let's go there. He digs more into this there. Ephesians chapter five, really verse four of uh, or chapter four of Ephesians, it changes where it begins to really speak to the Christians. The book of Ephesus is the, the book the book written to the church of Ephesus is something that's wonderful and speaking to us about walking in newness of life and changing our life. And he tells us in chapter five, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and begins to talk about the walk we need to have and the things we don't need to be doing. But in verse number eight, he says this: Ephesians five eight For ye were sometimes dark. He said, those Gentiles that Paul was sent after, and listen to me tonight, everybody in this room, if you're saved, you were sometime in darkness. There was a time in your life when there would have been more important things to do on a Sunday than spend time in church. There would have been more important things on your mind than the souls of men. You couldn't have give two flips about 47 million souls over in Spain. You just cared about having more money and more stuff for me and more time for me. It wouldn't move you that there was millions of people, in fact, billions of people on the planet who need to know there's something better than the darkness that they're living in. And he said, you who are sometime in darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord, walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Now I find that in the beginning, God sees darkness and void and nothing, and He separates the light from it, or He creates light, and then listen to this, God divides between the two. There's a difference. They can't be together because God divided them. Not some man. This is a principle that God said. And God found Paul and he said, you are in darkness and I want to bring you into light. I want you to go after others in darkness so I can bring them into light. And now he's speaking to these people, the church of Ephesus, one that Paul was a pretty important part in planting. And he's saying, you used to be in darkness, but now you're in light. In fact, I want you to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather, I want you to reprove them to be against them, to openly reprove and say there's something wrong. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Verse 14, wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Again, God is making clear that there was darkness is where it started. But when Jesus came on the scene, he made light and he divided them. The same would be true in your life. You were born in darkness. You were born in sin. But when Jesus moved into your life, he brought light. And here's what he said. He said, we're no longer in darkness. I'm going to separate you. We're now in light. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I think it is. Yeah, second Corinthians chapter number six. You find any place, say amen. amen. Verse fourteen. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? That makes sense, right? And we take this as a text God's talking about marriage. Don't get in a relationship with someone who's not saved. You're walking in righteousness that Jesus has given you. They're walking in unrighteousness. He says in this same text, And what communion hath light with darkness? The next question, And what concord hath Christ with Belial? He said, what 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 relationship does darkness and light have? He said, in fact, what relationship does the devil and God have? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God had said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Do you know why when you get saved, you step into the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that light never goes away? Because he never goes away. Right? When Paul met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, the light never left because the light never left. When God stepped out and said, let there be light, the light never left because the light has never left. In Ephesians chapter number 5, when he came to those people that were in darkness, the church of Ephesus, and he saved them by the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, the light had stepped in. There was no longer need for darkness because the light never left. And God's saying right here that light and darkness have no communion together because our body is a temple. Look at it again. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Again, God's saying, the darkness and the light, I divided that. And when you got saved, you used to be in darkness, now you're in light. God has put a separation there. Aren't you glad? Amen? I don't have to be in that mess anymore. All right, go to 1 John chapter, uh, I think, number one. I got to get back up here to my notes. Yeah, 1 John chapter number one. The Bible says in verse five, this then is the message which we have heard of him and Declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. Can anybody else hear uh, Mr. Bill, Miss Nancy, Miss Nancy telling the story about no darkness at all? Is that just me, memory? Verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, look what it says. Go with me, look. Look at verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him... And walk in darkness we lie and do not the truth it is a biblical principle found in Genesis chapter number one that God divided the light from the darkness a saved individual biblical principle is someone who was born in darkness lived in darkness we're sometimes passed in darkness, and now Jesus Christ has brought us into the light. The reason that there's light is because there was darkness, but Jesus came in and brought light, and light, listen to me, it's important, light always overcomes darkness. Always. And he's telling us in this text, for those of you who would say, I am saved and I know I'm saved. He said, listen to me. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Are you telling me that your body's a temple of the Holy Ghost and you live in utter darkness all the time? You mean to tell me you got saved and your desires are the same as the world? Wait, you're telling me that Jesus Christ is dwelling inside of your body and you have no desire to speak to him? In fact, the Bible says if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. If you're telling me you got saved and you didn't notice something, I don't believe. You're telling me that you're saved and you want the world worldly gain? And all your concerns are the same as someone who doesn't have the Holy Ghost living inside of them and you're trying to say, oh no, I, I'm telling you, I'm a saved preacher. I just don't believe that I have to quit doing all these things. Listen to me, I didn't have to quit doing all those things. I got to do things that were better. Amen. I didn't give up anything to serve God. I gained everything when I get to serve God. Maybe the reason you're looking at it like you're losing something is because you're still trying to walk in it because you ain't never got out of it. I say, preacher, you trying to make me question my salvation. Yeah. I know some people have a problem with that, but I know today that if, we di- if you died tonight, I want you to know you're going to heaven. I can flip just a few chapters over, and it'll tell me that ye may know that ye have eternal life. If you're not 100% sure that, oh no, friend, I used to be in darkness, I met Jesus, and now I'm in light, you can know that tonight. Amen. Keep looking at the text. Verse 7. But if we walk in the light, look at this, as he is in the light... We have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It is a biblical principle that God has divided the light from the darkness. So preacher, why is this so important? We are living in a day and time where the new message is, oh, sure, Why not Jesus? You just don't have to get all the way in. Stand over here in the darkness and look over there at the light occasionally. That's all you need. That's not what I find in my Bible. I find in my Bible there's a man walking the road to Damascus to persecute the church. And then Jesus comes by. And he went from persecuting the church to preaching the gospel. He changed. God divided the darkness that was in him to the light that God shined on his life. This man then goes to Ephesus and plants a church and God uses him to start a church there and he's preaching and these people get saved and then God's saying to him, hey, remember the darkness you used to be in? You're not in that anymore. You were uninvited. You were Gentiles. You weren't part of the the plan, as far as everybody knew. A great mystery. We were before ordained the Gentiles to always get in. Somebody say amen. Amen. And Jesus came in our life, and he found us in darkness, and then he shined light. And when the light comes in, listen to me, the light always overcomes the darkness. And here's something you find from Genesis chapter number one. Here's the point of all this. You find it in the book of Acts. You find it in Isaiah. There's so many other places I didn't go tonight. You find it in Isaiah. We we, we reread it uh, in Acts, Ephesians, 2 Corinthians, 1 John. And I mentioned it earlier, but back here in Revelation chapter number 21, we literally are looking at the beginning of our Bible. We're looking at the end of our Bible. And I found all the way at the beginning that there was nothing there was darkness, there was void, and somebody would have been trying to find a purpose. Then Jesus showed up. And on day number one, he said, I'm going to make light. Listen to me. The first thing I'm going to do to change things is I'm going to take something that's dark and has no shape and no purpose and no form, and I'm just going to bring some light to the equation. Jesus steps in in chapter number 1, Genesis. He brings that light, and the light never leaves. It's forever changed. Acts chapter number 26, he's telling his testimony about Acts chapter number 9. He's on the road to Damascus. The light moved in his life. The light never left. Ephesians, the light moves in their life, and the light never leaves. Second Corinthians, the light moves in their life in the in the book of Corinth, the church of Corinth, and the light never leaves. First John, he says, if you say that you walk with God but you're not in the light, it's not true because when the light moves in, the light doesn't turn off. Yeah. Amen. In Revelation chapter twenty-one, verse twenty-three, and the city had no need of the sun. This is speaking of heaven. The city had no need of sun, neither of the moon to shine it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. When Jesus moves in, the light moves in, and God divided light from darkness. Tonight, if you're saved, the light has moved in, and it will not be turned off. I could go to Matthew chapter number 6, and I'll find that some of us, We may have the light that God's given us, but we may have it under a bushel. Nowhere in that text does I see it, do I see the light go out. I see the light covered. The light will never go out because the light is Jesus Christ and he never changes. And if God has saved you, I want to give you comfort in knowing you're saved as long as he's going to be around. Amen. Let me give you some comfort as we leave. I want you to think about that person that is in complete darkness. I know I have some family members. I have some friends. I know some people that honestly are just in complete darkness. They're trying all these things to find purpose And it's almost like what is purpose is right there, but imagine it this way. It's like you would be in a room, and you got a cabinet full of about a thousand things, and you need one of them. And if you had a little bit of light, you could see the one. But instead, you're in darkness, and you're just fumbling through trying to find it, and you can't find the thing. And those of us who had the light, we got the flashlight. We're going, bro, it is right there. And they can't even see it. But here's what I want to tell you Jesus Christ said through the gospel, I will turn that light on. And don't you remember who you used to be? You used to feel different about things, you used to have different desires. There were things in your life. My brother Norwood said this morning he was in a secular college, he was going to be Dr. Norwood. He had all these ambitions he was going to go reach. And you may have all these plans in life you were going to reach. And listen to me, if you're in here and you're young and you're still trying to figure out what do I want to be when I grow up, you want to be a Christian when you grow up. Ain't nothing better. I work, I don't live to work, I work to live. I'm a Christian. Amen. But the light of Jesus Christ can overcome the darkest place. And when the light moves in, it doesn't go away. Amen? If you're saved tonight, say amen. Amen. You have the light. Here's your job. It's very simple. Shine it. Right? Can anybody here hold a flashlight? Anybody else got a four-year-old waving that flashlight around blinding you at home? It's not real hard. There is a dark world out there that God can work in and God has obviously separated light from darkness and he said over there in darkness they need somebody who's found the light to shine it back in and let them see. Are you doing that? I mean, when is the last time you let somebody know I know you're trying to find happiness in your job but your job will never bring happiness Jesus brings happiness. I know you're trying to find happiness in that drug, but that drug will never bring happiness. Jesus brings happiness. I know you're trying to find happiness in your relationship, but newsflash, it won't always bring happiness, but Jesus will. God clearly divided, God clearly gave, and God clearly still shines. We've just got to open that bushel back up and let the world see it. God, I pray tonight, would you touch our hearts, touch our minds. God, help me tonight, God, that what I said makes sense.